Welcome, everybody, to your monthly dose of two guys <laughs> talking about wrestling. <laughs> we're we're semi-monthly at this point, let's be honest. You know, it might be getting to that point. It's been a busy time, but regardless of whether or not it's just you and I doing this for ourselves or if we have listeners at this point, I don't really care, Crash, because it's good to sit down and be able to talk wrestling with you. I love it, too. So hey, hey, you didn't you didn't even say the title of the, the podcast. I mean, people will know what they clicked on it, but it's, well, it's yeah, the second but... turnbuckle, right? We haven't we haven't fallen down the ranks to the first turnbuckle. No, 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 we're still okay. in second. Okay, <laughs> We're not the top turnbuckle yet. We're not <laughs> them high flyers. No flips, <sighs> just just fists. Fair enough. How was how so, was Finlandia? It was wonderful and I miss it every single day. Yeah. Although, as I've learned, uh, being over there full time would make it rather difficult to be able to follow certain wrestling products, given that they're on at, you know, two, three, four in the morning. Um, it was, you know, it, it was a time, though. It was a time. Are you, I know, like, your history, like, once you got into wrestling, you you dived into the past with, like, whether it was the network or downloading things or whatever, but are you somebody who has to watch it live or are you somebody who can kind of just relax and, and watch it the next day if you need to? Depends on what it is. Yeah. There are some, some days where I'm able to, I'm trying to think of a good, of a good example. Like there'll like, be some times where it's like, well, I'm kind of interested, but I'm not going to watch it. But if I hear it's good, I will watch it myself the next day. Um, like, would you wake but, up at three o'clock in the morning for like wrestle kingdom? Well, with my, with how bad my schedule is in the past, it would I guess just you're still where awake. I could stop streaming <laughs> and then immediately watch wrestle kingdom. Which yeah, that's awesome. fair. That's fair. So <laughs> short stream. But, Cause I'm going to watch wrestling for the next three hours. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like if I have an extreme amount of interest in something, I often do just watch it live. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, there's an AEW pay-per-view that we're going to get to kind of discuss a little bit where, you know, would I have tuned? Would I have watched certain matches from that at the very least the next day if I didn't watch it live? Yes. Yeah. Fair. But for the most part, it's like, yeah, if I have an interest in it, I'm probably just going to try to watch it live. The circumstances would be different if I lived overseas, for example. Right. I think I'm I'm not even like the opposite of that. Like I can I can almost be content with reading the result. Hmm. But if they're like you like kind of what you said, like if there's something like I had to watch uh Omega Osprey. And I think I ended up watching it like a week later. I knew what the result was, but I had to see it for myself. Right. Right. Uh, Royal Rumble, I watched maybe a week later. Uh, mm. At least, I think we watched, we watched the men's Royal Rumble live. But I went back and watched the the Pitch Black and the women's, um, the women's Royal Rumble a week later. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I think I needed to see the Pitch Black only to see how terrible it was. Um. And then, and then it just kind of led itself into the, the women's Royal Rumble. So I kind of stuck around and watched that as well. But honestly, like I'm, I'm not in the mode of like, I have to dedicate 
10 hours to wrestling each week anymore. There was a time where I could do it, but I can't do it anymore. I think that's fair. Uh, that said, we, we've kind of mentioned them quite a bit already in terms of the, the company. So let's kick off today's show and talking about the WWE. Now, since we last recorded an episode of this show, Elimination Vince Chamber grew a happened. Mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elimination Chamber occurred in yes. Montreal. Yes. And we have obviously seen the build to WrestleMania start to be a little bit more solidified. But Crash Andrews, has Bray Wyatt wrestled a televised match? <laughs> of course not. And that's so a little behind the curtain here. I sent Tugi like a whole bunch of tweets because I'm sure this is going to lead into something later on. But um, oh, right now, one, why not? One of them was um, Bray Wyatt's matches on house shows. So I will put the caveat to the whole shtick of has Bray Wyatt wrestled uh, and us saying, no, we haven't seen him on TV other than at the Royal Rumble wrestling a mm. match. So has he wrestled? Yeah, he's done a few. Uh, what was it? Pitch dark, not pitch black or what something like that. Works. Like basically they turned the lights off <laughs> and they yeah. wrestled uh, uh, L.A. night. But um yeah, no, uh, there was a prime example. I mean, he should have wrestled that Elimination Chamber. Mm. The fact that he didn't is confusing. And the fact that, like, right before uh, it was announced that he was going to take on the winner of the Brock Lesnar... Uh, I'm having my usual brain fart right now. Oh, Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley, yeah. Wrestle? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was going to wrestle the winner of that match. Which, outside of that match, I think Elimination Chamber was one of the most complete pay-per-views WWE has put together in some time. Except for that match. So the fact that there was so much, I'm using quotation fingers, so much on that match, um, it was kind of disappointing to see that that's how they were going to progress the Bray Wyatt story. Yeah, so the big news like of today as we're recording this is that he's kind of penciled to be off of the Mania card when they were building a match with him and Bobby Lashley, which was honestly going to be a disappointment regardless. Like, there's just nothing to a match between Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley. There just yeah. there isn't. Like, that is a, <clears throat> frankly disappointing match for both of them to be involved with. And now as to whether or not he is out for, I mean, we have seen the back and forth between uh, creative issues, physical issue, whatever. Like, obviously I, I, I can sum up my thoughts on it like this for the man. I hope he's okay, regardless of what's going on right. for the character. I'm done with it. I was I was already heading this direction fast as we've talked about throughout the history of this show. For this particular character, I'm done. Like there's just I can't imagine at this point what they could do to possibly get me interested in Bray Wyatt WWE character ever again. That character is done. The follow-up to all the White Rabbit stuff has been one of the biggest examples of dropping the ball in company history. I do not care anymore what they do 
with him on TV. I know, I know I've given you this credit before, but I'll give it to you again. You were, when we were talking White Rabbit and we were talking Bray Wyatt, and then it kind of came out to be Bray Wyatt, you flat out said that you're going to wait. You are not going to buy into it because they don't know how to book Bray Wyatt. And even when they book Bray Wyatt correctly, there's always something done to either screw it up or it just doesn't lead anywhere. The Fiend is a great example. The Wyatt family is a great example. They know how to make a great character with Bray Wyatt. They just don't know what to do with it except for squash other competitors and put other competitors in danger of not looking as strong. And here we are you know, what is it? Six months. And he's only wrestled once. It was extreme rules where he came back, right? Yeah. I think it, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to, I'm going to double check that, but yeah, I think it's the one match. Let's see. Shout out to cage match, by the way, still one of the best resources possible. He had three months of backstage vignettes or backstage interviews. He had the, the build-up to uh, Royal Rumble was two months. Yeah, Royal Rumble was the match with LA Knight, and we've only we've seen him get physical with characters, including Uncle Howdy, which we have no idea what's going on or who it is or anything like that. And here we are now. There's a possibility that he's not even going to be at WrestleMania. Is disturbing that Vince is back. One match since yeah. WrestleMania 37, where he lost to Randy Orton in under six minutes, and that was the pitch black match against Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. No, That's no, it. no, 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 no. It was the pitch black match against LA Knight at Royal Rumble, or Rumble not Mania. Yeah, sorry. That's fine. I had a you brain fart too. You're a loud one. Still welcome to getting older. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Bray Wyatt wise, just I'm done, but yeah. in terms of the chamber which is almost a month ago at this point. Yep. Um, it went, I think, as everyone expected. Yes. Asuka locked in her women's title match against Bianca Belair at Mania. The yep. buildup has been fucking non-existence, but the right. match will deliver. So yes. Yes. that is what it is. Um, Lashley beat Brock Lesnar by disqualification in under five minutes, which separates Lashley to go towards Wyatt, which is now not happening, and Lesnar <laughs> to not be paired with Gunta, but to be paired with Omos. Oh, man, I am looking forward to that. I am not. <laughs> the fuck, man? Like, I again, and this will be the theme of it, WWE's main event scene, fantastic. Other matches, Poor fucking builds probably yes. deliver, but yes. that is my point. If we are going to, and I'm not sitting here being like, I'm going to be the staunch AEW defender. I'll be critical of them coming up. But if we're going to be critical of AEW for falling short on the buildup, but delivering at the pay-per-view, then we also need to be critical of Paul Levesque, Triple H, or even fucking Vince McMahon still at this point. Who the hell knows? In terms of dropping the ball with these buildups, you teased Gunter and Brock Lesnar at the Rumble, and nothing's coming of it. Right. Fuck right. you. Yep. Like, fuck you. Of okay. all of the great times, like when they, if you remember way back when, 
like that first big Royal Rumble tease before WrestleMania six, they teased Hogan and Warrior at the Rumble. That mm-hmm. place went fucking nuts. And yep. then they delivered the match. Yes. And that has been the go to for years. You tease it at the Rumble. And if it gets a good reaction, hey, okay, we are going to give it to you after all. They did that with Rock and Austin at the 01 Rumble. They did it more and then recently move with those pieces around to deliver. They did it more recently with McIntyre and, and, uh, and Lesnar as well. Just yeah. McIntyre uh, eliminating Lesnar, and that was the start of McIntyre's run yeah. to the uh, the title. Yeah, no, I'm and I'm 100 in agreement. Almost to the fact that they're even from the other side, Gunther's side. Where was he on the cart? The Intercontinental Championship was nowhere to be seen in the Elimination Chamber. chamber. The U.S. Yeah. title, which apparently is more important, which is fine. They're both mid card titles. Was defended in the chamber. Mm. Who is Austin Theory taking on at WrestleMania? No fucking clue. Who is Gunther taking on at WrestleMania? No idea. You want to give a crap about the titles? Like, give us, give us something. Did I miss something about Gunther? You missed something about Theory that I was going to get to in a minute. Okay. Because his match was rumored forever and was confirmed on. on Oh, no, I know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, No, I, I, I just didn't see it. I heard about it, but I. I, I didn't I didn't see it fair that's that's the joke um, so yeah I mean Lesnar and Omos it's like oh he's gonna throw the big guy around. who the fuck cares like we know Brock Lesnar's strong it's more about meaning like for example his SummerSlam match with John Cena no shit he can throw John Cena around yep but it's the moment of him just destroying John Cena in a rout that never happens to John Cena that made that moment. Brock Lesnar throwing Omos around doesn't fucking mean anything. Even I'd even throw uh, Ambrose at WrestleMania. That match to me was very impressive and it actually showed more from Ambrose than it did uh, Brock Lesnar because he came back to fight. As much as he didn't have anything, he was just getting demolished. He got back up and he still kept fighting which I think really did a lot for his character. Uh, and I may be in the minority. You in are. That. I, I <laughs> you agree with are. you though. No, I know, but I, I agree with you with Omos. Cause I was going to ask you who, who have they dropped the ball more with <laughs> Bray Wyatt or Omos? I know what your answer is. It's Bray Wyatt. Cause yeah. they've never really escalated Omos, but he is that monster. He is that, that atypical monster that they have. And the look is there. I don't think that the mic is there. He's I haven't really heard him too much on the mic. And he's going to be one of those guys that's going to waste away to be nothing. Uh, but I think had they booked him properly, even after uh, tag teaming with AJ Styles, we never got the payoff of Omos versus AJ Styles, or at least not a huge feud between the two of them, which I think AJ could have made him look better i think if somehow they make this to be lesnar taking time off and somehow omos is the one who destroys brock lesnar it won't be believable because of how they've booked omos to get to this point like i said for me no interest in either direction for lashley lesnar and even gunta which it will be either drew mcintyre sheamus or both and yes It'll it'll be 
big meaty men slapping meat, the match will deliver. But man, you had a wonderful fucking chance mm-hmm. for Gunter and Lesnar. And you didn't go that direction. And that is immensely disappointing. If it was just a fantasy book scenario, sure. But they teased it. They said, yep. hey, think about this. And yep. they didn't do it. Fuck that. And it was, it was one of those moments, like, even when, uh, yeah, just when they're facing off against each other, the crowd lost it. Like, it was almost mm-hmm. a bigger pop than at the end of the Royal Rumble. Uh, Braun Strowman and Omos had the same reaction. I'd rather see that match than Brock Lesnar versus Omos, because they're kind of on the same level right now. They're not really doing anything. Put it on the pre-show. I'm happy. But Brock versus Omos has got zero. I've got zero interest in in tuning into that, regardless what point it is on the card. Like, if it's the first match, like the typical Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania, if it's the first one on the card, I am still ordering pizza for later on. (laughs) Fair. Um, Also at the Chamber, you had Edge and Beth Phoenix beat the Judgment Day, which didn't really make sense to me and then they do all the stuff they're still going to lead towards edge and balor at mania which is unconfirmed at the moment but it's fine um again i it doesn't make much sense to me for this like hero story of edge it's like you've kicked the judgment day's ass at essentially every fucking turn except for that one match um where they were threatening beth but at every other turn it's just the judgment day essentially always loses. It's yeah. like it would have made more sense for them to win here and then for Edge to get the, the bigger revenge at Mania, but like whatever, I guess. I can't say I have too much interest in a singles match between Edge and Balor, even though they're both phenomenal. I just it doesn't do anything for me. I felt like this was the match that that other match should have been. I didn't like that the last man standing match ended by threatening a wife. Like mm. it's not that's not last man standing. That was a poor booking as far as I'm concerned. I like the finish of this one. I like the pace of this one. I still don't like the Judgment Day. I haven't liked the Judgment Day since day one. It's felt thrown together. They were supposed to be spooky and mystical or, you know, and all they are guy liner and, and prison time. I, I think Finn Balor's way better than, than the card he's been dealt here, and he's he's been doing okay with it. Hopefully the match with Edge at WrestleMania, we'll we'll turn a few heads or whatever, but it is also WWE. Um, Worth noting, obviously, for Dominic Mysterio, they picked back up the idea of him and Ray at Mania, which I am interested in. Uh, They Mm -hmm. also announced Ray as their first inductee for their Hall of Fame class, which, no shit, he was always going to go in. It's just a matter of when. Uh, A Ray and Dominic match, though, I think they did a good job. Like they, They really had that going in the summer and in the fall, and then managed to successfully put it on the back burner for a bit. Had the online primarily vignettes with like the, the Christmas and Valentine's <laughs> the and Day. And all that stuff, yeah. But Family they did, dinners. Honestly, they did a really good job of putting it on the back burner, but keeping it as something that you'd want by the time they said, okay, we're ready to serve this to you at Mania, that people are still interested. And for me, um, that is one of the matches I am most interested in at WrestleMania. It's kind of surprising that they didn't go Edge and uh, and Dominic. Just based on, um, just based on how that was all booked for the turn for Dominic, mm. I, I yeah. get why they're going the way that they're going now, but it it just didn't make sense how it didn't lead to anything between Edge and Dominic. 
they kind of just dropped the ball on that one. And then the other aspect to be able to keep working in, like what happened at Chamber to Mania, obviously Rhea Ripley was involved in that tag match. She set up to take on Charlotte. Again, the match should be good. The dynamic heading into the match is fucked. And that Charlotte's apparently the face, but you know with how over Rhea Ripley is because they made her the cool heel. Uh, mm-hmm. that she's the one that's going to get cheered. Um, so the dynamic of the match is pretty screwed. Um, but this is one of those ones where it's like, you'd like to think Rhea's going to win, and she should, but boy, could they Oscar this situation. I mean, they really yeah. could. Same spot. Rumble winner loses to Charlotte at Mania. It, it could happen. But, I mean, if anybody's going to turn on a dime, their character, uh, I'd rather have Charlotte put in that situation than anybody else. <laughs> the big show of the women's division. <laughs> yep. Charlotte Flyer. Yep. Um, you mentioned the U.S. title elimination chamber match, which was obviously like an entertaining chamber match. Um, you know, just looking at the people involved here, like it was a good showcase for Gargano, for Bronson Reed, for Montez Ford. But the two main people to talk about coming out of this, Seth Rollins, who... Yes. Uh, had the match taken away from him. It, it was pretty much exactly what was expected. Logan Paul interfered, sets up Seth Rollins, Logan Paul for night one at Mania. Um, I'm interested. I'm interested. Yep. I mean, Logan Paul is a fucking questionable person, you know, but <laughs> in terms of what he can do in a wrestling ring, Jesus Christ, man, yes. like he and Rollins are going to deliver. This is like, you know, you could question now at this point, where does Logan Paul go? Is he still in the celebrity category or has he done enough to say, fuck it, the guy's a wrestler at this yeah. point? I mean, this will be his fifth match. Um, he had three matches last year. Uh, the match at Mania with Miz against the Mysterios, then Miz at SummerSlam, Crown Jewel against Roman, and then he was in the Rumble this year. Where is he on that list of celebrity versus wrestler? But and if he's on that list of celebrity, then, yeah, people have to watch out because this could very well go down as the best celebrity match of all time. I I don't know if I still consider him a wrestler yet. He is one of the purest transitions we've ever seen in professional mm. wrestling. I've never... And, I mean, I've said this about Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny needed Morrison and Miz in that tag team match that everybody raves about. Bad Bunny gets in there with anybody else, as far as I'm concerned, and he doesn't look as good. Credit to him, he trained, um, he did amazing, but I, I've i always seen that match as more Morrison and Miz putting over an international star who put the time in than Bad Bunny being the best out of the, out of the four in that match. Uh, Logan Paul, on the other hand, is the opposite. Logan Paul is a natural athlete. I never want to see Logan Paul box again, but I I want to see more of him as a wrestler. But because we only get two matches a year, hmm. I don't know. I I don't think I put him into that that category just yet. If we got an entire summer. We got an entire, you know, program where you have the first match, you have the second match, and then you have the rubber match through like a quarter of the year. 
then I would call him a wrestler. Right now, he's still a celebrity and one of the purest uh, professional wrestlers we've seen uh, out of a celebrity as far as I'm concerned. The other aspect of that chamber match, Austin Theory, who will defend the title at WrestleMania against John Cena. Uh, They went with a very interesting setup for this in terms of uh, Cena's promo on Raw, Mm -hmm. just kind of tearing him down. Yep. Um, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I don't think I can judge the buildup just yet. Jury's out. Uh, Hopefully in the match. Will deliver as well, but uh, needless to say, big, big spot for Austin Theory, which, you know, in fairness, um, I still say him winning money in the bank in the first place was a terrible fucking decision. How they had him lose money in the bank was a terrible fucking way to go about it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what they've done with him from SummerSlam up to here, solid. Yeah, I think I think putting Putting Austin Theory against John Cena at WrestleMania is the same as putting either Dean Ambrose or Bailey on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. Mm. I think that this may actually be something that actually the match is going to be great. The buildup is going to be uh, Rock Cena ish, and there's no way I'm comparing Austin Theory to The Rock. Like, he's not there yet. And you just had John Cena show up after taking however much time off, except for the the few one-offs so that he could wrestle one time in four four decades or whatever it was. Uh, three decades. But, like, he demolished Austin Theory on the microphone. And if that's all we're going to get until April, this is not going to go well for the company. They need Austin Theory to actually look better than John Cena right now. And right now, he is not. The match, I think, is going to be decent. It's going to be memorable. It's going to be, and for all the right reasons, but to put John Cena against Austin Theory on the microphone right now, that was a bad look. That was a very bad look, especially for somebody who's holding... Again, I I hold the mid-card titles in prestige. And if that's what you're doing with your U.S. champion, that is rough. I'd rather see like a Montez Ford or a Bronson Reed come out of uh, Elimination Chamber and have those guys go at it rather than feed them to one of the greatest superstars the WWE has ever seen. And from there, we get to the main event scene as you know, Roman Reigns did beat Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber, one of the best atmospheres and um, even more so than Clash at the Castle where they you know, decided to beat the hometown guy, except obviously Drew McIntyre is not Welsh. He is Scottish. Um, but they elected to have Roman Reigns beat Sami Zayn for the title. Um, and all of it leads to pretty much what we suspected. Uh, obviously, Reigns and Rhodes is confirmed, and they are definitely going down the path of Zayn and Owens against the Usos. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's just no denying that they have done a masterful job of transitioning with this part of me still wishes like, man, that fucking lightning in the bottle of an atmosphere like that for Sami Zayn in Montreal, like still think you could have done something interesting. Yes. Um, But at the same time, I mean, the direction that they're going, it's certainly not bad. I'm definitely interested in rains and roads. I'm interested in the Usos against uh, 
Zane and Owens. Um, like I said, at the top of the card, they are very, very much delivering that main event picture has been the best aspect of uh, this company for a while now. I think this is where we've talked about booking pay-per-view ahead of the current pay-per-view you're trying to sell bit them in the butt a little bit. Mm. I I really enjoyed that match. But I never believed Sami Zayn should have won. I didn't say could have won. I said should have won. Because you know Roman Reigns was going on to WrestleMania to take on Cody Rhodes. As much as they had those backs and back and forths on Raw, there was nothing there for Rhodes and Sami Zayn. It was always going to be Rhodes and Roman Reigns after the, the Royal Rumble win. So having that match, it was in the right location. It was in the right spot to absolutely capitalize on Sami Mania. And any other time, any other storyline involved Sammy should have gone over this, how they built up to it and where they're going with it. There was no time that I believe that Sammy should have won. It was a very, very interesting match. Considering that, considering there were so many opportunities, the way that they orchestrated the entire match, the entire field, the entire emotion of it was one of the greatest things that WWE has done. We use the term dropped the ball, and I've heard people say they dropped the ball by not putting the title on Sammy. I don't believe so. I think they did the best of what they had um, with that storyline and then the continuing storyline of Cody and Roman Reigns. They did the best that they could in that situation. Like I said, any other time, and you call it multiverse. You know, this timeline, it didn't work. The other timelines, it should have gone on Sammy. Fair enough. Uh, aside from that, the only other match that we know right now confirmed for Mania is Trish Stratus, Alita, and Becky Lynch against Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eos Kai. Um, decent way to get Becky and Bailey onto the card without it being yet another singles match, uh, and with neither of them involved in the title picture. So I don't hate it. I'm not overly looking forward to it because we've seen plenty of Trish and Lita returns. But yeah, it's it's fine. It's a good addition to the card. I am never going to argue with a Trish Stratus return. <laughs> you can't never. as a Canadian. You're not allowed never. to. Never. Not even that. You know, she can give birth to a hand in 20 years. I'm going to be for it. <laughs> 20 enough. years. I'm being not generous. 40 years. Goodness. So, WWE-wise, anything else on your mind as we, you know, kind of talked about the month that's been and as we head towards Mania. Like I said, I think they're coming off one of their most complete pay-per-views, except for that first match of Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar and how that ended. Um, the only other thing that's kind of on my radar is the fact that there's this continuing rumor of LA Knight versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, which mm. there are comparisons. Uh, LA Knight has been kind of a comp compared to a mix of The Rock and Stone Cold at times, not necessarily on that level, but just his delivery and his promos. You get a real sense of the two at the same time mashed together. Um, I am very interested in that, but in the same token, I, I, I don't like how, as much as I just said, I am all for 
always all for a uh, Trish Stratus uh, return. Um, I just don't like the parading of legends at WrestleMania. I'd rather see spots go to like build feuds heading into it or use WrestleMania as the beginning of a feud and have the payoff at like SummerSlam or, or something like that. So I'm, I'm kind of back and forth with the idea of a uh, LA Knight Stone Cold Steve Austin match at this point. I think it's going to be okay, but I'm not 100% sure. From an AEW perspective, I already kind of mentioned it. Their build towards Revolution was pretty weak, if we're being honest. Um, You know, Jericho and Ricky Starks, that was a two, two and a half month feud that needed to be a three week feud. Um, But right result in the end, Ricky Starks beats Jericho on pay-per-view. Fair enough. They tried to warm up the Jungle Boy Christian feud to get it back on track after, unfortunately, Christian went down to injury. But the match happens. Christian wrestles in his tactical turtleneck, which I don't know if you (laughs) saw that, but it was beautiful. And honestly, it was a really, really fucking good match that a lot of people are wondering, is it Christian's last appearance for the company? in the way that it happened to end time will tell um obviously like he didn't necessarily intend on going to AEW it was just more WWE was like well hey here's your rumble appearance with edge and we're not really going to do anything with you even though you're now medically cleared so he's like all right fuck it I'll go over here um I hope he sticks around but they really did with that final burial match it was a casket match uh but a very good one at that they really did kind of set that up to potentially be the write-off for Christian Cage. The worst thing that could have happened in that feud, because it was actually one of, if not the feud in AEW at the time, was Christian Cage getting injured and not showing up on TV. And even, you know, having Luchasaurus being the manager with the brace and, and mentoring Luchasaurus. Where's Luchasaurus at this point? I think so, he might... Is he injured or... He might be injured. I also heard there was maybe something about copyright issues with his mask. mask. Right. And they probably just figured, well, shit, it's better to just leave you off TV until we know for sure. Same thing with Christian. I don't think I don't think people would have been happy if you tried to have this feud mentioned on television once per week for four or five months while you were waiting for Christian to come back. I get that. But it it was the hottest thing in AEW outside of the heavyweight scene. Outside of Mm. CM Punk, outside of the elite, it was a very, very hot storyline. And then it kind of just cooled down up until this match. And even when Christian came back and they had their kind of back and forths, I, I, like I said, it's unfair as a fan to not be as into it just because of that. Like they lost their spot due to injury. I'll put it that way, which you never want to see in sport. Now, I, I will. With the comparison of sport, like if a goalie gets injured, the backup goalie plays. Um, once the starter gets healthy again, they get back into the starter's role. It doesn't matter whether they go on an absolute heater, but you know that that starter goes back to prove themselves again. Mm-hmm. This unfortunately had that 
that cooldown period of when Christian got injured. And as you said, like you didn't want to have promos or interviews for four months. That was, I mean, Bray Wyatt. So I think they did the best that they could. And I think the fact that that is the ending of that feud is probably the best thing for both, but also the worst. Like I said, it's just bad timing, bad, um, just bad juju about that entire feud ending that way as well or the middle the middle of it just didn't didn't Mm. cash in the right way house of black became the new aew trios champions defeating the elites again another build that was affected kind of by extenuating circumstances they didn't publicly mention it but it was widely reported that kenny omega was having uh like i guess some delays in getting like his work visa renewed you know as a canadian citizen right um but yeah, the right results. House of Black get a big win. Um, they have gone on to set up for Dynamite this week in Winnipeg. House of Black against the Jericho Appreciation Society against the Elite, which I'm very excited for. The fact, too, that they're going to have Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho involved in the same match in Winnipeg is pretty damn cool. Yeah, I, I like that, but I also don't like the fact that that's how they get them into the same match. I will say the fact that the House of Black is a trio, and they've got the trio championship. I like a hell of a lot more than, and I, the Elite is technically a trio, but you have your top tag team, arguably, uh, and your one of your top stars, your top star, arguably, put together in a tag team to elevate those belts uh, versus an actual trio, an actual stable of three people. I I like the idea that it's actually on a stable of three people and. And it kind of has with the dark triangle. Um, but yeah, I just, or death triangle. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did not mind that uh, title change at all. I think it's the right way to go too, especially if they lean towards splitting up the elite. I think uh, circumstances have called for them to, yeah, kind of go yeah. back to the tag and single scene. They're more valuable there than they are as trios right now. 100%. Women's title, Jamie Hayter kept the belt. Thank God. Right call. Uh, defeating Soraya and Ruby Soho in a match that afterwards uh, Soho finally makes her choice and elects to turn heel. Uh, she is now in a, a faction with Soraya and Tony Storm. Um, you know, again, the build can be questioned. The direction afterwards a little bit can be questioned. I am intrigued in them turning Ruby heel because... They pretty much got all the mileage they could out of her as a face that's just not ultimately going to win. A lot of scrutiny, I would say, for people towards the direction of the women's division, but I do still think it's an improvement upon what people were complaining about not all that long ago when it comes to just how many women are being featured. Like In general, it does feel like Mm -hmm. the women are getting more of a spotlight, more of a focus. You can dislike how they're going about it, but they are getting more of a spotlight and more of a focus. So for that reason, I am happy and they still have the belt on the right person. There was a time where I argued that the women's division was weaker in AEW than it was in WWE. They were starting Mm -hmm. to close that gap. Yes. But I am in that boat of, you talked about the pop, the pop that they got, um, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Mm Hmm. Like the, everybody knows that this feud is coming. There's no slow burn. There's nothing there. This is Triple H and Randy Orton. This like 
when Randy Orton won the title and it wasn't that much longer afterwards that we got the heel turn and the face turn and you know that that storyline started to me it makes absolutely zero sense that Britt Baker sitting there saying I'm a JD Jamie Hader fan and I'm going to do everything I can to keep the belt on her waist based on the character that we've seen like to me this is one one character that just doesn't make sense on either brand right now is uh, Britt Baker being supportive of Jamie Hayter. I I don't get the turn. I don't get why she's happy about it. And I don't get why it's taken so long for this, um, this feud to happen. uh, Jamie Hayter's earned uh, the title, earned the right to be champion, but even in the match where she won, it was the fatal four way, right? Yes. Or, well, even when they were in the fatal four way, it, there were hints. And like you said, you, you dropped the hint. You got to give it to us afterwards. We just haven't seen that payoff of hater versus, uh, Britt Baker yet. And I, I don't understand that whatsoever in wrestling logic. And I know that that's an oxymoron. On the pay-per-view as well. Hangman Adam Page defeats John Moxley in a Texas death match. Uber violent, mm-hmm. but the wise type of controlled violence. The right winner, yet again, and that is a theme throughout the pay-per-view. The right winner. This match did have proper buildup as well. I'll give them that. But Hangman gets the win uh, by essentially hanging Moxley over the top rope. The controversy from this comes... From the aftermath, where on the next Dynamite, Moxley had a match. He was involved in a tag match against members of Dark Order. And you could argue whether or not they immediately needed to have the match, but they did take that step forward where Moxley had a frustration for losing. Essentially, he and the rest of the members of the Blackpool uh, Combat Club went full heel. And which... I think is a tremendous direction from them, even though it keeps him and hangman in a similar spot, because in Winnipeg, there is actually going to be another trios match of the Blackpool combat club against uh, hangman, uh, evil Uno and the returning Stu Grayson, uh, who of course left the company, but since they're in Canada will be appearing for this. So I'm certainly intrigued to see what happens in the aftermath of Wednesday. The match itself was fucking insane. And again, I thought it had the right winner. What's which trio out of the Blackpool though? there's four right no well i was gonna get the danielson but there is no danielson so it's him okay uh claudio and wheeler yuda fair fair yeah the blackpool i've said it before they they should have been booked as the absolute destroyer of aew like if they got bored in the back they walked out and beat people up like that's that's the persona that's that's how i felt um Regal was kind of building them in the beginning was take your spot. Don't let, don't wait for it. You know, beat people up, get as physical as you can, you know, punch your way through. And as much as they're, you know, they're in wrestling and you wait for the card and you wait for your spot on the card, the black will combat club should have been an absolute force. So if they're going to be healed going forward, I'm interested to see whether or not they, take advantage of a little bit of that or if they still kind of just sit and wait for their spot to appear like 
just their personalities and their personas. Like Moxley, Moxley seems like the type of guy who would come out Scott Hall style and not even give a crap about the, the match. Just grab a microphone and start talking. You know what I mean? Like there's just n- the way that that group was built together and the persona that Regal gave them. And I get Regal's not there anymore, but they, they're waiting around for their shot a lot more than, than kind of the tough guys that they've kind of proven to be in promos and stuff. It there's just kind of a disconnect there for me. Wardlow beats Samoa Joe for the TNT championship, probably the weakest match on the card, but it was still solid in my opinion, at least the finish was, um, but Wardlow goes on to lose the belt immediately on dynamite. Just a few days later to powerhouse Hobbs, a match that had a controversial finish that saw QT Marshall help Hobbs win that championship. Um, Wardlow is one of the characters on the show that you can look at as, you know, an example of AEW dropping the ball with the follow-up, you know, especially Mm -hmm. after Wardlow's match where he squashed MJF. But even that particular match uh, had a weird set of circumstances, of course, with what was going on with MJF that particular weekend. Um, And for Hobbs, I mean, great to see kind of a homegrown talent in a way rise up and get that title. It's all about the follow-up now for what they do with, with QT's involvement. And there'll be more on that on Wednesday. I think, I think as far as Wardlow's concerned, I think he needs to be booked as the guy to take the title off MJF. Mm. I think the history's there. I think the, the trajectory was there, but it kind of dropped off. So now it needs to be built up again. And by having him beat Samojo for the title and not even hold it for a week, two weeks, right? A week? A week, yeah. Yeah. Did not do any of that. It didn't do any favors. Now, if it builds a Hobbs-Wardlow feud, that damages both. Because I think Hobbs is now getting out. They they ran with Starks out of, out of their feud. Um... Hobbs and Shaw's, I called it earlier. Hmm. <laughs> um, Hobbs is now becoming that risable star, that guy who, you know, okay, push him up a little bit, see how he does, push him up a little bit, see how he does. And I think if you put Wardlow against him, there has to be somebody who doesn't come out of it as well as the other. And I think Wardlow is still a marketable identity for AEW. They just kind of have to back it up a little bit and, and start pushing it down the or up the hill again. Fair enough. Uh, the guns retained the AEW tag team championships only to be confronted by FTR who are back. But the question is for how long are <laughs> yeah. they going to lose one more match to the guns to finally kind of put the kibosh on that feud, opening the door for them to jump back to the WWE or are they going to stick around? That is the big, big question right now. I think if you're FTR, you stay. I don't see how FTR can benefit unless they're getting paid a shitload of money. I don't see how FTR benefits from going back to WWE right now. I mean, 
when when we first talked about it, when we first talked about the possibility and everything, it seemed like Hunter was doing making chicken salad. But at this point, I don't see how FTR goes back to what WWE is right now. I mean, you know, if they're kind of the leaders of the Triple H idea behind the tag division. I mean, maybe it's like, do you bring them in like the tag titles are unified at the moment? Do you bring them in as he you can't bring them in as heels to take on Zane and Owens after Mania? Who's their tag team division? The Usos and who? Uh, (laughs) Zane and Owens has a throw together. Um, even they're even separating uh, Alpha Academy right now. True. Like they don't um, have anybody. So you, you bring FTR in, <laughs> right? They beat the Os- or they beat Owens and Zane. They beat the Usos. And then what? And then they so, get pitched stupid characters and costumes again. Oh, oh sorry. The good backs in the shower. The Good Brothers are there as well. Remember? Yeah, they I was going to hear the term? list of tag teams. Street Profits, who they continually tease at breaking up to let Montez Ford go as a singles. Right. Alpha Academy, who they're breaking up. Judgment Day. Uh, Gallows and Anderson. The Maximum Male Models. Maybe Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, especially if they put the Hurt Business back together. Hit Row. Imperium. Legato Del Fantasma. Los Lotharios, obviously the Usos, the Brawling Brutes, the New Day, and the Viking Raiders with the occasional bit of McIntyre and Sheamus. Toogie. That's a that's a lot of thrown together tag teams right there. I, I know that you don't watch WWE that much. You watch enough to tolerate it, but you don't watch it. Correct. And I know you watch a hell of a lot more AEW than you do a than uh, WWE. Name five tag teams in AEW. Uh, you have the guns. You have uh, Jarrett and Jay Lethal. You have Orange Cat. Well, the best friends. I mean, you could throw Orange yeah. Cassie in there, but yeah. we'll go uh, with Chuck and Trent. We will still count the likes of the Young Bucks. You have the Acclaimed. Uh, you have the Lucha Brothers. You have FTR. Um, God. See, <laughs> you didn't have to search that. And as a guy who tries to keep up with both, I had a difficulty even coming up. I get I'm the old guy. I get I have the brain farts every once in a while. I've wanted to mention Pat McAfee many times during this podcast, but I couldn't pull his his uh, his name to my brain. Even saying that I've had difficulty. They're not showcasing their tag team division, even though they actually have a tag team division. They've got a dozen different tag teams there that they could put importance on it but the importance on the tag team division right now is the fact that it's unified and it's in the bloodline so why would FTR go back there and be the saviors and then they're looking forward to facing the good brothers or Los Lotharios like there is no tag team division in WWE there really isn't and as much as they could come back and be the Miz to the Intercontinental title, it it doesn't make sense for them to go back if they want to be on TV and have meaningful matches. The only reason FTR would go back to WWE is money. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I, they're young guys. One of them's got family. 
and maybe both. A paycheck is a paycheck and you take that paycheck if it's offered. But as far as an entertainment side of it, as far as a viewer, the best thing that FTR can do is stay in AEW. Hell, go back to Japan. Go to Impact. Be a free agent and show up on the AEW every once in a while. Do not go back to WWE. And the main event of Revolution was, for my money, the best Iron Man match of all time. MJF defeating Brian Danielson in 65 minutes. In the words um, of Bret Hart, that's bullshit. <laughs> it's not, though. I, you know me. We found yeah, yeah. this podcast on a mutual love of Bret Hart, but this was practically perfect in the way no, I, that it was I, booked. The performance of both of them, especially Brian Danielson. What a goddamn match this was. A perfect example of somebody who does everything they can to elevate the other one to mm-hmm. put precedence. Cause I think even MJF as the heavyweight champion was kind of getting a little stale and yeah. the character was getting the, a little stale. The build was bad. Like outright yeah. the build was, for this was not great. I, I don't know anyone who will necessarily defend the build for this in terms of going back to the, Oh, you got to go through these guys to get to me trope. And yeah, no, the build wasn't good for this at all. The uh, the post event press conference was an absolute masterclass by MGF mm. from bringing out the pickles instead of muffins <laughs> <laughs> to making references, which still leads me to believe that we are going to get MJF versus CM Punk again. Um, I was wrong about CM Punk showing up at Revolution. I really wish that was going to happen, but it did not. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think, and MJF says it like as far as pound for pound all around. Um, I think he is one of, if not the best heavyweight champion in wrestling right now. And I will put him up against Roman Reigns. I do not really care for Roman Reigns on the mic. Roman Reigns has Paul Heyman beside him who can talk for him when Roman Reigns does not want to show up. MJF shows up. MJF has fantastic matches. MJF makes the other guy across the ring from him, either a face or a heel, however you want to feel about him. And he plays that card too. He is still technically a face as far as I'm concerned, because people still love MJF. Yeah. But people hate MJF. He is that tweener. And he is able to make the guy across the ring be the other half of whatever you think MJF is. And that's nearly impossible to do. He could go up against a mop bucket and still make you boo the mop bucket while still being an absolute jerk about it. Yeah. So moving forward, Danielson is going away for a little bit based off of a promo that aired on Dynamite talking about going home. A lot of people are speculating, well, maybe some Ring of Honor stuff to really help try to boost that up. Time will tell. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think it's just more sell a, you know, selling a devastating loss. Um, and then for MJF, some teases at perhaps Darby Allen. Perhaps this is Jungle Boy's new direction and Sammy Guevara's as well. You know, those hyped up four young pillars of the promotion 
maybe the build for the next pay-per-view is a four-way match between all of them. Time will tell. Um, but <laughs> given that they're uh, for Dynamite, they're hyping up his uh, his Reba Mitzvah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that and to see what direction they go next. But for AEW, this was, uh, time will tell, right? You don't want to have recency bias affected too much. This will easily go down as one of their best pay-per-views to date. It could even be their best. I think we have to wait to see kind of how it ages in the aftermath of it. But for what was a pretty uh, weak build in a lot of ways, they knocked it out of the goddamn park with that pay-per-view. Um, you know, people can get into like, oh, well, the ratings for Dynamite the next week weren't that great. Whatever. Oh, they had weird creative directions. Like, I'm not going to judge the aftermath off of one week. So we'll yeah. give it a little bit of time. But I do yeah. think both promotions are in an interesting spot and crash. We're recording this on Monday. It has been confirmed for WrestleMania edge and Finn Balor hell in a cell. I think that was rumored for a while too. Yeah. I, that is one way to make it a little bit more interesting now, isn't it? So the other rumor, if that one's true is we might see brood edge versus demon Finn. And that might be part of the buildup going forward because Hell in the Cell was something that had been talked about with the potential of this match happening. Yeah, um, it'll be very interesting to see how they continue the buildup. And we haven't seen Demon Ed or Demon um, Finn Balor since he revived himself and then fell off the top turnbuckle due to a mechanical <laughs> failure. And then one, two, three. Oh, you want to talk about bad WWE booking? That is low on the list, but it is still on the list. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly enough, on Raw tonight, they have Cody Rhodes and LA Knight, which seems like a weird matchup to book for this particular event. But yeah, so WWE, AEW. It's, it's, it's in the garden, though, isn't it? Uh, last night was. I don't think they run shows okay. at Madison Square Garden anymore just because the cost to do so. Gotcha. is uh rather expensive. i heard their I numbers think though. In providence if i'm not mistaken yeah the numbers for that madison square garden show was very impressive for a house show i think they got like ten thousand people which a house show if and when they ever come back to calgary i think they only get like six or seven thousand mm. so to get ten thousand especially at the garden for a sunday that's not a pay-per-view is uh is pretty damn impressive a quick bit of a dive into some history here as we look to wrap up this show in the next few minutes. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I got um, you. You know, it's funny. Uh, we mentioned uh, Rumble teases uh, on this day, March 13th, the year 2000, um, was when The Rock secured his title match against Triple H at WrestleMania 2000 when he beat the big show after they botched the Rumble finish. Mm. Um, and all of that would lead to Big Show being in the match anyway, alongside McFoley, who retired the month before. <laughs> so talk about weird builds, botched builds to Mania, uh, WrestleMania that, 2000, baby. Was that the one where each of the McMahons? Yes. Took, oh my God, that was bad. Whew, that was, it was pretty pretty bad. Um, God, yeah, that's <laughs> just remembering. Remembering that buildup was was pretty, pretty brutal. 
I remember um, too. I remember watching that pay-per-view in like a public, like there was always public viewings of um like you could watch it at like so Boston Pizza up here is like a, a pizza joint with a bar attached to it. Yeah. And uh, similar to that, they used to always show them. It was very similar to that. And I remember walking out and people, uh, Triple H retained, if I remember correctly. And uh, people were just so pissed off with how they were, um, how they were pushing Triple H at the time. And I absolutely loved it absolutely loved how they how people were getting pissed off that triple h was their star when you had austin you had uh rock you had mankind you had big show you had all those guys you had kurt angle uh chris jericho at the time and it was always triple h and it just uh, for some reason i just absolutely loved it (laughs) on this day in 2011 Maybe the most infamous moment in TNA slash Impact history. Victory Road. Sting and Jeff Hardy for their world title where Jeff Hardy showed up absolutely fucking out of it. The main event ended in like 30 seconds. Um, You know, it, it sucks because here we are. Almost, you know, here we are, thir- or twelve years later now at this point, and obviously you still see some of the stuff that Jeff Hardy's going through. Um, but yeah, um, one of the biggest examples of lol TNA out there, um, and what was really, like I said, a really fucking dark day for that promotion. Um, but yeah, Victory yeah. Road 2011, one of the uh, worst pay-per-views in that company's history i it's not the worst thing that happened in that match but just kind of looking back eric bischoff coming out i don't know if that was overly necessary uh it was because what he was doing was telling them here's what's happening because jeff can't go no i i get that but sting is such a veteran like sting sting didn't need eric bischoff eric bischoff needed to i I've I've always felt that Eric Bischoff needed to be out there to put more spotlight on him. And it didn't take away the spotlight from what was happening in the ring. So I think Sting, being the grizzled veteran in that, knowing what was happening, would have put him into the Scorpion Death Drop and, and pinned him one, two, three. That went on way longer than it needed to because of Eric Bischoff. Like I said, I don't it's not the worst thing that happened in that match. But I still, there's still part of me that thinks that Eric Bischoff should have just stayed in the back, let Sting handle it, and it didn't make it any better or worse, but I I just didn't like Eric Bischoff coming in and talking to Sting off mic when we all knew what was happening. Um, Still to date on Cage Match, their second lowest rated event ever. Um was Victory Road 2011 only out shit by Victory Road 2009. So uh, shout out <laughs> to Victory shit, Road. Eh? Out shit. Oh boy. As a diehard fan of that promotion at one point. Yeah. Out shit's the right word. Um, and then not to end today on a somber note, but in this on this day in 2009, the wrestling world lost a fucking legend who never gets enough respect. Test Andrew Martin. We fucking miss you every day. 
The wrestling world has never been the same. And someone might think I'm being sarcastic or saying no. that. No, I, no, fucking I will miss that man. He was one of the best. God damn it. And he didn't get what he deserved in the wrestling business. Fuck. I mean, he even has a Twitter account that we've referenced many times. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. But yeah, can I, that's, can, um, I, can I bring it back up a little bit really quickly? Yeah. I, uh, I'm wearing, you can't see it because it's an audio podcast, but I am wearing the Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, the hit Calgary Hitman game, the annual game. Uh, he finally, uh, I don't know if finally is the right word. I don't think so. anybody really expected him to get a banner in the rafters of anywhere, but there will <laughs> now be a banner in the uh, Scotiabank Savalome in Calgary until they tear that thing down in the next, who knows, five, ten years. Um, and hopefully move to the next arena, but uh, they put some respect on the name of Bret Hart, and the banner looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, mm. If you haven't seen pictures of it, make sure you do. Uh, one of the greatest jerseys that the uh, Calgary Hitmen have worn in game, regardless of the fact that they lost nine nothing <laughs> in these Jesus, jerseys. Did they? <laughs> I didn't know the final score. Holy shit! Oh my god! They. Uh, I don't know if it was a mix, uh, if the um, the ceremony ahead of time had anything to do with it, but uh, but one of the nicest jerseys uh, for one of the most absolute legends, uh, not only for Calgary but in uh, in the community, in the sport of professional wrestling, and you know, uh, I don't think we'd have the Calgary Hitmen in Calgary to start nor uh, continued to have the Calgary Hitmen here in Calgary if it was not for. Brett, the hitman heart. So uh, a huge congratulations to the somewhat namesake of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, he was a founding owner for the team, obviously the inspiration for the name and, you know, original color and logos. And I mean, obviously, just in terms of, I mean, God, you can't speak to the Hearts family legacy and impact in Calgary. Um, that said, Jesus <laughs> nine to nothing it was nine nothing it was it was eight nothing or i think it was was it eight no it was nine nothing after two and there was no goal scored in the third period but it was and it was against red deer who's not really that strong of a team and red deer lost to calgary the night before four three in overtime but uh when you hear little kids chant we want one with three (laughs) minutes left to go (laughs) <laughs> you done fucked up <laughs> oh, god Absolutely but beautiful, beautiful jerseys nonetheless well with that crash we'll wind things down and hopefully it won't be another month before we uh get to talk some wrestling again particularly of course with mania coming up and stuff like that but um yeah this was fun and again i i missed this and hopefully we can get this back into a slightly more normal routine just don't go back to finlandia or record from Finland. That would be fun. I'm sure I could find a way. <laughs> sure I could. What do you have going on in the meantime? You know what? I might. I, I'm streaming regularly. Quotation fingers? Question mark. Um, hopefully looking at a return to streaming here pretty darn quick. But uh, yeah, things are things in every other aspect are going pretty darn good. Especially the fact I get to sit for an hour talk wrestling with my best friend um but yeah twitter fuck you elon uh crash <laughs> underscore andrews 
and practically everywhere else. Uh, just straight up Crash Andrews, no underscore. There you go. In the meantime, I am still on YouTube streaming every you know every night, 2K24 on Twitch. Um, debating getting WWE 2K23, even though Ooh. I'd only really be able to play it for a week. Ooh. But I'm, I'm debating it. I don't know. See, I this don't is wanna... where like digital copies should be able to be transferred because I would go halvesies with it if you could only play it for a week and let you have the first week. Right. Yeah, I just... Uh... I don't know. I don't know. There's just something about it where, and we were supposed to wind down the show, and here I am bringing something up. Um, <laughs> I just never seem to be able to play a game like that consistently throughout the year. It's play yeah. the hell out of it at launch and then see what's from there. But it's like, dude, the special editions for this game, fuck's sake. Like, there's your normal $70 for Series S, Series X. Right. There's a nine nine $99.99 version, the deluxe edition. Right. And then the icon edition is $120 US. Right. Fuck. Like, I, I just don't think I can justify that because the problem is, like, yeah, if I'm getting the game, of course I want everything. But man, it's like, oh, do I want boosts for my rise? Like, I don't really like career modes in those games anymore. I used to, kind of. Do I care about their card mode? Fuck no. Um, it's like, am I going to pay $120 for something to get their icon pack that gives you like Batista as Leviathan in OVW? Like basically you get like Brock, Batista, Cena, and Orton in their OVW forms right. uh, pre-2002. And ooh, you get Bad Bunny if you pre-order. <laughs> like it's just like, I, I don't know. I thought I, I saw know. somewhere too that like, a lot of the DLCs are like two guys that you absolutely would want. And then two wrestlers that I've never heard of before. Like, or they're like NXT. Like I'm so off NXT right now. It's not even funny, but the, you know what I mean? Like even the they DLCs have, are a little janky right now. Yeah. They have a lot of NXT options as DLCs. Um, in terms like even Bray Wyatt's going to be a DLC, I guess, because the when they locked it in. But it's like in terms of people you might actually want, like Harley Race, the Steiners are going to be DLC this year. Um, Wade Barrett and the main DLC character that you would want, Zeus. Yes, yeah, they put respect on Tony Lister Jr.'s name. Oh, God, it's beautiful. Anyway. We'll see you all hopefully next week. If not, <laughs> post mania, baby. We hope it's a good show. By the way, really quick, WrestleQuest. Uh, we need codes. Uh, what's the studio that does that's going to be doing WrestleQuest in May? I should have known this uh, before. I do shouting believe them out. it's Mega Cat Studios. Mega Cat Studios. We yeah. need codes for WrestleQuest. We will absolutely <laughs> review it on the podcast. I am shilling the crap out of this. I'm super excited for WrestleQuest talking about wrestling video games. Do you want to hear a Bobby Heenan quote, Toogie? I do, actually. I do. I was trying to bide your time so you'd be ready for it, so I'm glad you were. Uh, we talked about Rey Mysterio getting into the Hall of Fame. Bobby Heenan once said, you had to get 700,000 votes to get into the Hall of Fame. You would have had a lot more, but you ran out of stamps. <laughs> <laughs>